Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, ladies and gentlemen of the world. I hope you're doing all right in both body and mind at this particular moment in time. Welcome to this new episode of my podcast, which is here to help you develop your English skills simply by listening to some authentic, unscripted and spontaneous conversation, because we know that regular exposure to spoken English is vital in the learning process. And if listening to this can just keep you company for a while too, then that is an added bonus. In this episode, you're going to hear a chat with Cara Leopold, an English teacher from the UK, currently living on lockdown in the east of France. Cara has been on this podcast before, two times, as you may remember. The first time was back in episode 523, in which we talked about learning English with films and TV shows. Then, more recently, we talked in episode 618 about the climate crisis. This time, you can hear us chatting about social distancing and being on lockdown during the current coronavirus pandemic and some more comments about how to improve your English during this period at home using TV series and films. Yes, there is quite a lot of talking here about the coronavirus. I hope you're not completely fed up with this topic now. As I've said before, I don't plan to talk about it too much, but I do still want to address the subject a bit because it's just on our minds so much and if I ignored it completely it would just end up being the elephant in the room. So we're going to talk about it today in this episode. Here's a quick rundown of the main points that came up in this conversation just to help you understand what's going on. First we talk about the complex feelings and emotions that we're experiencing during this COVID-19 lockdown including things like anger, guilt, compassion empathy, helplessness, and general feelings of cognitive dissonance as we try to make sense of what's going on in the world at the moment. Then we talk about trying to balance the seriousness of the situation with your general mental health on a daily basis, weighing up the positives and negatives of being stuck inside while the TV news reports on serious events going on around the world every day. We talk about how much people are following the lockdown rules in our local areas and the vagueness of government positions on those lockdown rules in both France and the UK. We speculate about Boris Johnson's cavalier attitude towards social distancing. Now, if you describe someone or something as cavalier, it means you're basically criticising them for being a bit careless being a bit reckless or not really taking the situation seriously enough. So we talk about Boris Johnson's cavalier attitude a few weeks ago, which resulted in him personally catching the virus, which is obviously uh, a pity 
more than a pity it's potentially a tragedy but he seems to be doing okay according to the news reports breaking news at time of recording he is now out of intensive care so you may know that boris johnson did get the coronavirus he then went to intensive care icu an intensive care unit intensive care is basically when someone is given like really sort of drastic medical attention which suggested that he was seriously ill so everyone was very concerned that our prime minister might even fall victim to this um, this virus in the worst possible way. But he's now out of intensive care, which seems to be a good sign for his health, even though I expect it might have been touch and go for a while. Of course, we wish him well, and we wish anyone else who is suffering at this time all the best. But anyway, we speculate about his attitude, which may have led him to get the virus. Um, We also discussed the challenge of trying to work out a moral position on all of this, specifically several approaches to dealing with the crisis. Uh, Those approaches being social distancing on one hand and the concept of herd immunity on the other hand. I talked about herd immunity with my dad on the podcast several episodes ago and I think I may have defined it in a recent episode too. Anyway, social distancing versus herd immunity. We chat also about managing daily life at home with a two-year-old child, in my case, and what happens when I leave my daughter unattended for more than 10 minutes. Then we turn our attention to you and your English and how you can use online content like TV series and films, for example, on Netflix or maybe on other places like openculture.com, Uh, So we talk about how you can use content um, on those platforms to improve your English at home during the lockdown period and, in fact, at any other time. Uh, We did cover quite a lot of that kind of advice in episode 523, and you'll find the link on the page for the episode uh, for episode 523 and also in the archive, of course. So we did cover a lot of that advice in that episode, but I will sum up the main bits of advice that we made at the end of this one. Well, I say at the end of this one, I think I'm going to do a summary of advice about learning English with TV shows and films and stuff in the next episode. But we talk about it a little bit um, in the sort of later part of this episode. So anyway, stay tuned for more comments about how you can use TV series and films to improve your English nearer the end of the chat and also in the next episode. By the way, Kara's last episode was transcribed by the Orion transcription team. That was episode 619. So that was transcribed fully by the Orion transcription team. You can always find all the details of the transcription project and stuff on the website. Just go to transcripts in the menu. Anyway, um, according to the team, it was quite tough. Uh, It was quite a tough, uh, difficult transcribing job partly due to the sound quality from Kara's side of the conversation. Um, I think that she might have been in an echoey room, a room with lots of echoes or maybe a lot of reverb or something. Anyway, she may have been in a room that um, caused the sound to bounce around, a room with lots of flat surfaces like a kitchen or something. Maybe she was in her kitchen and that caused her voice to be a bit difficult to hear. So we had reports from the transcription team that it was difficult to understand what she was saying because of that. 
So this time, Cara made a special effort to create better recording conditions. In fact, for the whole conversation, she was in a cupboard, surrounded by coats. Uh, So she climbed inside a cupboard to record this conversation. The point being, she was doing her best to get good quality sound, and hopefully she will be a bit clearer this time. In any case, though, if she's not completely clear, it's still good practice, isn't it? Because as we know, I've said it many times before, it's very good practice for you to hear or for you to listen to English being spoken in less than perfect conditions. Because, you know, let's be honest, when you're using English, you might be doing it in a conference call or over the telephone or on Zoom or something where people might not be using really good recording equipment. So it's good practice for you to listen in imperfect conditions. But hopefully she will be clearer this time. I mean, she's in a cupboard, for goodness sake. So I'd like to say thank you to Cara for climbing inside a cupboard to record this episode. Um, I would like to, just before we start, I'd like to clarify a couple of reference points couple of things that you will hear being said in the conversation, particularly in the opening minutes of the conversation. And I'd like to clarify those things just to help you follow what we're saying. So here are some things you'll hear being mentioned. So the phrase, like an episode of Black Mirror. It's like an episode of Black Mirror. This is a phrase that people are using these days. Uh, So Black Mirror is a TV show, which many of you will have seen. It's on Netflix, actually. And if you haven't seen it and you've got Netflix, then it's one of the shows that I do recommend. But anyway, Black Mirror is a TV show which many of you will have seen, but also plenty of you won't know about it. So episodes of Black Mirror typically involve some kind of scary situation, like perhaps a post-apocalyptic world or a world in which certain technology has completely changed our everyday lives. That's kind of the concept behind episodes of Black Mirror. It's kind of like living in a world that is maybe set just in the near future in which things are a bit scary and twisted because perhaps new technology has changed things or maybe people are living in a in a world in which some kind of scary events have, have happened. Uh, so it could be mainly... Usually it's because technology has completely changed our everyday lives and not for the better. Or it could be about life in the context of an environmental or economic crisis or something like that. But basically, the phrase, like an episode of Black Mirror, has become has become a common phrase meaning like we are living in a scary version of the future or something. So... This coronavirus situation is a bit like an episode of Black Mirror. So that's kind of what that means. You'll also hear um, you'll also hear references to a couple of TV channels that you might not know about. There's France 3, France 3, and also BFM. Now, these are news stations which you get on TV in France. So France 3 and BFM. Also, there's Canal Plus, which is a TV station or also an online platform, a bit like Netflix, but in France. So it's a TV station or online platform, which you have to pay for in France. Also, I've already mentioned it, but there's ICU, which is the intensive care unit. That's where people go when they need like very drastic medical attention. And also, I mean, there's loads of other things I could mention at the beginning, uh, which I won't, uh, because I need to, we need to just get started. But another one would be Uh, helicopter parenting. So if you are a helicopter parent, it means you're constantly like hovering over your child, constantly monitoring exactly what they're doing. 
It's a negative term. If you're described as a helicopter parent or if you are helicopter parenting, it means that you're constantly there, always sort of um, sort of micromanaging everything your child is doing and you never give your child space to maybe um, uh, get things wrong or maybe have little accidents and things. It's a tricky thing being a parent, especially when you've got a little child. And the concept of being a heli- helicopter parent is considered to be a bad thing. That you've got to, uh, even if you're worried about the safety of your child, you've got to kind of let them have some space to kind of go out and explore and maybe fall over sometimes and things like that. So we, we are constantly trying not to be helicopter parents. So anyway, that's the concept of a helicopter parent. As I said, there are plenty of other reference points and bits of language that I could explain now and clarify, but actually I think it's best to just let you listen to the conversation and simply try to follow everything, notice things as you go, like bits of language, work them out from context if you can, and just try to find things that you can relate to personally, uh, but in English, of course. Okay, right. So, without any further ado, Let's now listen to my conversation with Kara, and here we go. Hello, Kara. How are you? Hello, Luke. Yeah, I'm. Well, I'm all right. I'm having quite a good day today, mm-hmm. on the whole. What about you? Like specifically today? Today, Is this like a good day. Well, I mean, despite the fact we've got this really weird, slightly scary global pandemic. Um, in it's like an ep- being in an episode of Black Mirror or in some mm. kind of dystopian science fiction film. Um, yep. Despite that general context, personally, me today, I'm having a good day. The weather is nice, good. which helps. It's really mm. sunny and, and warm. And I've spent most of the day with my daughter. So I've been kind of sharing that uh, with my wife. So some days I'm with... Uh, our daughter in the in the morning until about sort of nap time actually until about three and then my wife okay. takes over so I spent you know most of the morning and some of the afternoon with my daughter which is like on one hand uh intensely stressful and um it's hard to explain really but just you know the experience of you know trying to be with a a, a child who's she's about two years old now and okay just the moment by moment sort of managing things which can be on it can be a bit stressful but then on the other hand it's totally wonderful and amazing because she's at this really cool age where she's starting to to talk and she kind of Mm. like is coming online um in some ways i mean not not she's not on the internet i mean um (laughs) (laughs) you know the you know what i mean that she's her personality is really starting to kick in and she's becoming a lot more intelligent. She's able to communicate with us more. And it's amazing. So, yeah, that basically. I've kind of been living in a bubble looking after my daughter, mainly. Mm. And today's been a good day. We've got a little balcony here where we live in Paris. Uh, so luckily, a little bit of outside space. And so we spent a little bit of time on the balcony. I got She's got like a little bathtub that we uh, used to, Aww. you know, give her a bath. And so I took the bathtub onto the balcony, filled it with water, and she was, like, playing around, splashing around on the balcony. Um, so good good fun today. Yeah. Um, yeah, that does sound like good, like good. I'm almost like, could I do that on my balcony? But that would be weird because I'm not <laughs> a two-year-old. <laughs> well, you could, you know, um, put your feet in a, in some 
in like a, a bowl of cold water or something. That's quite pleasant. I did that. Like, you know, she, she was pl- smashing around in the water and she was like, daddy, daddy, you know, feet. And so it was like, oh, shall I put my feet in? Okay. And so she encouraged me to put my feet in. So I rolled up my trouser legs and put my feet in and it was really nice. And we were splashing around, splashing each other. So yeah, a little bowl of water. You can put your feet in the water and just kind of cool down. It's quite nice. Yeah, I could maybe, I could maybe do that. It is, it's quite warm here um, too. Whereabouts are uh, you again? Just tell us the name so of... I, uh, yeah, I am in... Uh, it's hard to pronounce if you're an English speaker. I'm in Besançon, which is... Let me think. It's like an hour east of Dijon and about an hour and a half west of Lausanne in Switzerland. Yeah, so, so it's, it's in in France, just sort of on the way to Switzerland... Yeah, definitely. About an hour from the border and nobody knows where it is. And people mix it up with Briançon, which is another town mm-hmm. further south in the in the sort of in the Alps. But that's not where this is. This is Besançon. Okay. So uh so yeah. Um and how, yeah, the How's your day? Yeah, how's your day going? Like mine. It, today's been like do you know what? It's just kind of like a normal Friday in the sense like j- just a few just forget about the whole, like you said, the Black Mirror episode that you're sort of living in. Um, like, it's just like a normal Friday in that I'm tired because uh, it's Friday afternoon, the end of the day. But I actually feel it feel fairly serene today. Um, I don't know if that's like the right no, serene, I- just like, just like I'm dealing with it okay today. Yeah, it's it's weird that... Obviously, this is there's there's no question. This is like a really bad thing that's going on, and the uh, not just yeah. right now, but the consequences of it are going to be severe. And it's um, it, it's hard to it, it's hard not to kind of get a bit depressed by it. But then, on the other hand, some days are great. I mean, there are some really nice things um, going on, like the fact that I mean, Paris, where I live, it's so much quieter and um also the pollution is uh has has dropped you know the the quality mm. of the air has improved a lot and uh um, yeah. and so just moment by moment when you kind of manage to forget about what's going on in the world actually it's very pleasant uh weirdly yeah and i think uh, I, I i had been feeling a lot of guilt recently so i've gone through different emotions in different weeks and on different days you know mm. so in the beginning i was quite angry um uh, why you know, like a- angry ang- angry for what reason i was kind of angry at the government very angry about the the um, how things were handled uh, this issue of not having enough masks for healthcare workers and just all that awful situation mm. so i was quite angry about that and then i was upset and worried for i started thinking about different situations like what if you're stuck in your house with an abuser what if you're in a tiny apartment with loads of kids what if you're going to run out of you know i was thinking about all the you know and just the whole fact that like this was rushed in so quickly yes i think it relies an awful lot on the goodwill of people because really what they're they're asking a lot of us like you know this is i mean (laughs) It sounds ridiculous to say that because you just got to stay in your house. Like, it's not rocket science. Mm. It's just sit on your bum in your house. But 
at the same time, like when you start to think of all the consequences, you're like, actually, this isn't so simple for everybody. And I've got quite fed up of watching, like sometimes we put on France 3, I think it's France 3 at lunchtime, 1 p.m. And they're trying to do like kind of lighthearted news. And they would like um, go and visit people who are, I don't know if they're journalists or just normal people who'd be like, here's how my confinement is going. I've got a garden. I've got a big terrace and this and, the, and it's just like who, who are all these smug people like you know where, why not do some reporting on people in like tough circumstances anyway whose circumstances have just got tougher yeah. because of all this you know yeah. like I don't want to see smug people and all these people who are like I've got loads of me time now it's like what I'm working I have to work <laughs> I have a business like I'm not going to stop you know yeah well so, I, I feel like sometimes these these tv show tv stations feel like they're programming they they want to be able to continue doing this kind of light aspirational um stuff yeah. and so they're like finding that angle during this lockdown because they're like you know we can't just change our whole outlook on on everything yeah we're not suddenly going to become social justice warriors or something so we're just going to pretend like yeah i guess so yeah everybody's middle class and has a house with a garden and everybody's doing great yeah i know um, yeah yeah it's it's pretty pretty messed up i actually don't have we don't have a tv at the moment so oh. I, I managed to avoid seeing all of that stuff sometimes we switch on the news um mm. on our on on a computer just to see the the headlines, we'll, we'll put BFM on or something like that. Right. And uh, I find watching the news, it's just oh my god, it's just so dramatic. Like the um, the music that they use, the the whole tone of it is like, I mean, mm. this we know this about news, and it's um, you know, there's comedy shows taking the piss out of the news and stuff mm. but and in and not just in france in the uk and america and everything but i mean sometimes i just feel like guys can you tone it down a little bit because it's like yeah and then um it's like the music from a kind of um it's like the music from an action film so i'm going to try and recreate what it's like i need hold on i need another pencil here i've got i need <laughs> i need to recreate the sound of um of this news music. So online, what they do is they, they have the headlines and then uh-huh. they, they, they for some reason, they do a loop of dramatic images with dramatic music going on at the same time. Um, mm. Okay, found my pencil. So, you know, in action movies, sometimes you get... Yeah. Okay, this isn't work because the pencils don't sound right. Um, this is this is a disaster. This isn't working at all. But anyway, it sounds like action, tense action movie music. You know when there's like a scene where tense stuff is going to happen, and they and you get these sticks going. Yeah, like Die Hard is going to kick the door down. Right, and it sounds like it sounds like a clock. It sounds kind of like a clock. I will. What I'll do, right? I know exactly which scene from a film to to. To get to, that from yeah, to use as, as an example, and I'll I'll put some into the track to to see to yeah, demonstrate. Yeah, you should do it when you do the intro to the episode. Well, I'll put it in now. A... I'll put it in now, so people don't think I'm okay. a complete madman. Um, that that you know there is I am actually talking about a thing. Um, but this <laughs> you did just make it up in your head. No.
so the music on the news is like that so they they show you the headlines and some reporting and then there's maybe 10 minutes where probably on the tv they're showing you other stuff but online they just have like this it's the fucking news it's really scary you know you know like the same music they use to keep the tension up in a film they're using that right. on the news and it's like um with um a montage of dramatic images and it's like guys like you're really panicking everyone so much like tell us yeah, the information just... but don't like amp it all up like you're raising everyone's blood pressure like that so anyway well, i think like like we know it's bad isn't it like again i don't want to sound like you said this last time when, when we did the climate episode that we maybe sounded a bit glib at some point i don't want to sound like that either this is awful obviously mm, mm. Like, we all know that, so you don't need to, like, rub it in, you know. And, um, yeah, I mean, they could put something, oh, I don't know what. But I'm also thinking, recently I've been thinking about journalists, and I'm sure it's not good for journalists who are reporting on this day in, day out. Like, I'm sure it's not good mm. for their mental health right, either. Right, Um I was just thinking about, like, the people that manage the Guardian Live blog, which mm-hmm. is quite a, a, st- a stress vortex. Yes, um, that I had been going on a lot earlier in the year. I had been following the story from January because I'd got into this bad habit of looking at the Guardian in the morning in bed. Um, And just, I was getting caught up in the drama of it. So I was like, I actually need to stop because it's, it's, it's not right what I'm doing. And that was before it was really affecting us. But uh, I was looking on in horror at what was happening in China and then it coming to Italy and then, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, it, yeah, it, yeah. It can be, it can be um, really uh, frightening and stressful. Like, so there's, I think there's a, a certain amount of balance that we've got to try and strike. But it's really hard to know how to make that balance. But the balance I'm talking about is between being informed and mm. taking this seriously. And it, it is definitely a serious situation, and we do need to be as informed as possible on one side. But on the other side, kind of um, getting really caught up in all of that. And it it starts to dominate your every waking moment, and it can mm. it can actually make you feel really really bad. Um, it can be counterproductive to be so glued to yeah. um, Twitter, which can become a kind of a um, uh, an echo chamber. Um, mm. But like just getting caught up in in that can be a little bit um, yeah, it can be a bit bad for your mental health. So it's kind of like the balance between. You know, getting the right information and knowing what's going on and trying to make the right decisions with um, mm-hmm. trying not to get uh, carried away with it all and trying not to get overwhelmed. Um, but so, yeah, you, we were talking about men- your mental health and how this feels. You said sort of mm-hmm. earlier on, like a few weeks ago, maybe your pr- primary feeling was one of anger right of yeah like, i was quite angry in the beginning and then i've also been thinking a lot about friends and family who are in worse situations mm-hmm. and um i don't know just there's not that much you can do so it's actually quite hard for me mm-hmm. um well, i suppose it's a reminder that i'm like i'm an empathetic person who cares about others but i realized i was also sort of you know carrying the weight of oh so and so's in this situation and oh what about this and yeah so there's been sort of feeling bad for others and then maybe feeling a bit guilty mm-hmm. about certain things yeah because um, you know there's lots of good things in my situation um at the moment actually because you know 
Um, I don't know. We've got balconies. We don't have kids. I really feel for anybody who has kids. Um, we're both still working, both got money coming in. Like there's lots mm. of positives. So sometimes it's kind of like you feel bad. And also I uh, felt really exhausted after the first week, I think. I have mm. periods where I feel very exhausted and I'm kind of like, you know, what right have you got? You know, have you just done a 24-hour shift in the ICU? No, so... You know, oh, so that kind of guilt. It, the, the get guilt, it together, woman. Yeah. The guilt. Like, of, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. The, the, if you suffer in any way in this situation, you feel guilty because you you suddenly think, well, ever, comparatively speaking, my life is really easy and and great compared to. Yeah. So I should be going. like dancing for joy every moment, but it's 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 not that it's not that simple. And actually, something that helped me was seeing there was a good article in the Harvard Business Review about grief and it said that even if you haven't lost someone we're all grieving at the moment so Mm. that explains the emotions you're feeling and also the exhaustion is to do with like the fact you can't you just can't get away from the situation right so like normally you know your nervous response is you can fight something or you can run away Mm -hmm. but right now you can't do either of those things and yeah it sounds really strange to be complaining, not complaining, but, you know, finding it difficult to just be stuck inside. But it is it is difficult to suddenly have all your freedoms removed and to have all this uncertainty. And yeah, I mean, yeah, so I think it's 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 normal to, to uh, feel lots of different things and conflicting emotions. But um, there is a certain amount of relativism involved um, in the sense mm. that um, obviously we all we all have like different uh, ex- experiences. There's all, there are always some people who are suffering more than us, but mm. somehow, um, somehow when, yeah, when your situation changes, we still have some kind of, we still suffer from it in some way, even though we feel we shouldn't. It's, it's really difficult, isn't it? It's really complicated because yeah. that feeling of so guilt, it's... because the guilt really is an, ex- it's an expression of your sense of responsibility and your sense of um, yeah empathy towards the other people who are suffering, but but you also feel powerless because you feel like other people are, have got it yeah. much worse than me. But like, what can I do about it? And so you kind of compensate for the for the your lack of agency by just feeling guilty or feeling bad, beating yourself up. You know, which which isn't actually that useful either. And actually, the best resource I've found on that is Brene Brown. Um, famous vulnerability researcher. I think that's how she described herself. She has started a new podcast called Unlocking Us and she did a brilliant episode where she talked about comparative suffering and Mm. she went into this. And yeah, it was just a reminder to like not, not like, not let your brain do that thing like oh, you haven't, you haven't worked in the ICU 24 hours straight with no mask. But actually to say like, you know, I am having difficult emotions and let them come up and mm. not get into that comparison game. Because mm. if you just suppress your emotions, then, you know, you're you're going to have some kind of meltdown at some point and then you won't be able to be there for the people who need you more, you know? Right. So I'm trying to look at it that way. And I think I wasn't letting myself fully feel all my, you know, my, my emotions. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so I was like, that podcast really helped. I was like crying while I was listening to that podcast because I was like, oh, yeah, I've been doing this. And now I feel like I have permission to be a bit nicer to myself. So, yeah, we do have to yeah. kind of go easy on ourselves a bit, I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, so, 
what's what's it like up there in um oh how do i pronounce the town again i did have it i had the um i had the the town here on my google maps but i've since lost it uh, uh, <laughs> it's there. hard it's but, hard but, to but, besançon besançon not not bad besançon besançon Oh, that was really good Besançon. that second time. Besançon. Oh, wow, you could I got you'd be allowed to live here with, with that pronunciation of it. <laughs> really do. do yeah. Is it, yeah, you have to say it correctly for the locals to accept you. Is that right? To accept you, yeah. Otherwise, like, oh, no. No, he pronounced the vowel wrong. Get out. Get uh, out. You so, can't live here. Besançon. Besançon. So what's, yeah. it, what's, what's it like over there in Besançon then at the moment? Well, you know, I don't see much because... I'm in my flat most of the time. So I think since the lockdown started, mm. um, I, I can actually count like on one hand the number of times I've been out. So Monday, March 16th was the last time I went out for a walk. Wow. Wow, that's, then, age, that's three weeks ago. I know, I know. My partner hasn't been out since the 17th of March. Like not been out of the apartment. Only he's been to the balcony, he's been to take the bins out and that's it. Wow. That is that's some heroic yeah. staying inside, isn't it? What are you doing in uh, terms of like getting food and stuff? So I'm coming to that. So yeah. the first week I went to pick up a grocery delivery because what I do for groceries, not for everything, but for a lot of things, I do this thing called Locavor, if you're interested. Mm. So it's basically like you order your food online and it's all local producers. So it's all food from the Franche-Comté region that's the region we're in mm. and then on a thursday evening you go and pick it up and it's the pickup is basically not too far from my house so i had already placed an order and i went and got that the first week and then two weeks later i got another order so i haven't been out since last thursday when i went to pick up that order well that's so, impressive i have to say that's very impressive but um, we had uh, our, my partner's mother left a load of food in our garage which was very nice just before the lockdown and we were annoyed at her for going out but it has helped us because she left like loads of pasta and coffee and just like store cupboard things and I had also been stocking up kind of before that not like going crazy just just buying a bit more food every time um so yeah so I don't so yeah coming back to the whole thing I don't go out much I see people in the street from the balcony and sometimes I get the impression that some people are having a, like, what we're calling like a club med confinement. Okay. So club med, con- so it's just people strolling around the street, you know, quite the thing, quite, uh, I mean, I know you're allowed out for your like 20 minutes exercise or whatever, mm-hmm. but I don't know. We think some people are maybe taking the mick a little bit. Taking the, taking the mick. Yeah. And also I don't, are you allowed to go out in twos? Because I... I didn't think you were like, I thought you had to go out on your own. I'm a bit confused. I'm uh, to be honest. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't really know. I think you are. I think you are allowed to go out in twos, but I mean, I don't know. I just, I'm kind of living in a bubble as I've said. And uh, you want me to actually, I have got the government website. Yeah, we should, we should check, but I mean, it's, it's hard to know. I like I don't want to start sort of throwing around criticisms of of this and that and of other people no, and the government. I, when I I'm, totally agree, I'm trying to be very compassionate. Yeah. Um, even if I'm a bit like, mm, 
that's that person's a bit of a chancer, you know. It's like, a, it's it's again, it's a hard balance to strike. And okay, so the hard fact of the matter is that in order to try to prevent the spread of the virus, we must isolate ourselves and distance ourselves from others. And so mm. the government has introduced measures to try to impose this. And the measures are basically, you know, you must stay in your homes, but you're allowed. But then they have to make certain concessions, like you're allowed mm, to go out if, if you if you have a member of your family who you have to see, for example, an older relative who requires help or whatever. So you're allowed to go out for that. Uh, in that case, you're allowed to go out to get essential shopping items to do basic essential shopping. You're allowed to go out. So, you know, from a legal point of view, uh, what does that mean? You can, you know, these have to be defined terms. What are essential items? And so mm. people will kind of bend the rules and they'll say, well, I need to go out and get my bread every day. You know, living in, Fra- <laughs> living in France, people want to get been bread every day. I near a bakery for, for, for the longest time. <laughs> what are essential items? There are shops in my area that are open and they're just they just sell wine and and beer and spirits just basically wine shops and they're open there's mm. a, there are chocolate shops in the area that are all open i don't know how i don't know what constitutes essential food and in ter- in france this ends up being a cultural thing because mm. um you know they consider bread fresh bread to be a kind of basic um essential yeah. food um, so there's, you know, there's grey areas and people kind of, I don't know if you could say take advantage of those grey areas or just live within those parameters. But, um, and there are other, there are other things like you're, you used to be allowed to go out for basic exercise and it was for up to an hour and it was within a one kilometer radius of your home. Mm. So you could go out. And so where I live in the, you know, in Paris, suddenly everyone started jogging and, just everyone in the street is just a jogger everyone's walk, going around in athleisure wear in their right. you know, jogging gear and like i've never seen so many joggers in this part of paris in my life um everyone's jogging suddenly mm. then uh, i think it was what the beginning of this week they imposed new restrictions saying that you're not allowed to do that anymore and so oh, really because yeah. they, they haven't updated the website because the website still says it's a bit contradictory. It says, déplacement bref dans la limite d'une heure quotidienne. So they're saying short um, trips up to an hour. But that, um, that's what for? To buy basic necessities, uh, isn't it? That's for your, um, your exercise. Oh, okay. Because um, as far as I'm aware, that's been, that's been stopped. But maybe that's just Paris. I mean, to be honest, I, ah. I get a lot of this information from my wife, um, right. She is my primary source of information regarding all the rules and regulations. Um, okay. So I think that you're not allowed to do that anymore. Uh, right. But maybe mm. that's just Paris. Maybe because Paris, you know, it's a bit different in Paris because obviously there are so many more people. Yeah, you're just packed in. Packed yeah. in and there's a higher concentration of the virus here. So they've got to kind of take steps to, to try and, you know, limit um limit the spread here uh, maybe there's yeah. like slightly different measures than in in other parts of the country i'm not sure um okay also you're but allowed then i think mm-hmm. yeah go ahead i was gonna say you also are allowed to uh make trips to to work as well mm. so you're allowed to travel to your office um I, but i don't know exactly how that's defined whether you're allowed to you know if there are certain certain types of work which are 
um, considered to be vital and, and, you know, key workers, I suppose, that key workers but are then, allowed to do their stuff. The government hasn't been clear on this. So it says on the website, so you can, yeah, you can go to work when, if, you know, you can't do télétravail. So if you can't do remote working, mm-hmm. okay, all right, when it's indispensable and it, you can't do t- remote work. I'm sort of translating it very badly. Mm, yeah. But this hasn't been really clear for the government because loads of people are still working and there is kind of a question mark over what is essential and non-essential. And it seems to be the same problem in the UK. So, yeah, yeah. this is really problematic. My parents, um, you know, I speak to them almost every day now, which is another mm-hmm. kind of um, consequence of this. Another yeah. sort of like mm. positive side. I think we're allowed to talk about the positive aspects of this. Oh, for sure. I think we, you know, we have cognitive dissonance. We can have, you know, we can know that it's awful and also find moments of joy and gratitude yeah. to protect yeah. sanity. And we sure. must, we must, yeah. we must look on the bright side because there's no need to make this any worse than it is. So we have exactly. to and it, look on the bright side. It comes it. back to sort of suffering like uselessly, you know, like like me feeling guilty about things I can't do anything about it. Yeah, so um, so it's but, worth it's worth saying that there are positive outcomes from this. It, it, that doesn't mean that we're we're denying the negative side of things. Um, mm. So one of the positive things uh, for me is that it has weirdly brought my family closer together. Um, mm. it, even though it's separated us geographically, like uh, we would have gone to uh, my parents' house uh, this weekend, the, the three of right. us, uh, my wife, me, and, and our daughter. We would have gone, and we we obviously can't. Um, and so that's a way in which it's it's dividing us. But uh, we speak on Zoom almost every day. And that's my mum, my dad, my brother and me and my daughter and my wife too, if she can. Um, so kind of like every every day we, we see each other and we talk to each other. So weirdly, uh, how, how did I get to that point? <laughs> I don't know, but go with it. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember the reason why I gave, cited that as an example. Um we were talking about work. Yeah, we were talking about work. And what's essential, not essential. Yeah, oh no, no I was saying saying my, so my parents uh always uh complain about uh, the daily press conferences in the UK. Mm. And they say that uh the information is very vague and they feel mm-hmm. that the government is handling things very badly as well. So I was just saying that you know we we're, we're using we're talking about the French administration and how the um the communication that they've given to us has been a bit vague and and so on and it's the same in the UK essentially. That's the point I was making. Okay, yeah, no, I I I agree and I think this vagueness and and I think uh, like I say, it's important to have compassion for people, even the people who are really not respecting the lockdown, weirdly. Um, because, yeah, because I think the governments didn't lead. And I think Boris Johnson, we were going to come on to him, but mm. this is like the example, the exemple meme, you know, like because leading, he's still sorry. leading by, by bad example in this case, because he, he, they had already communicated that you're supposed to stop shaking hands. What does he do? He continues shaking hands, and and he gets the coronavirus. So he was bragging about it. I don't really understand that. Um, I, I mentioned this on the on my podcast um, before. That uh, yeah, before the lockdown uh, was put in place in the UK, quite late. He was mm. in pre- 
press conferences bragging about how he was meeting all these coronavirus sufferers and shaking their hands and stuff. Why why was he doing that? Why was he bragging about shaking everyone's hands? It's so... I know I've heard people analyze it in terms of like it's sort of macho posturing, like it's showing that you're not afraid or something. Yeah. But it's really stupid. I mean, I wouldn't wish the virus on anyone, but on some level, I'm kind of like, it serves you right. Because your behaviour... But he's the Prime Minister. I mean, it's not just a personal matter of like, you know... um, Oh, no, not at all. Yeah, yeah. no, he has to... You're supposed to lead by example. And if people see you shaking hands and at the same time there's there's information saying it's really serious, what are... It causes confusion in people's minds at a time when they need things to be really clear or as clear as possible with the latest information that we have. And it's, it's, so, it's, and it's hugely dangerous for the country, for their prime minister to to get the coronavirus. So it's not just like I'm, you know, I'm Boris and I'm, you know, I, I'm not scared of this. And, uh, you know, having that kind of I'm a strong bloke uh, approach. Yeah. But also it's just not only irresponsible personally, but irresponsible uh, uh, f- in terms of the whole country, because now our leader is uh, is in intensive care. Uh, as, so. as I, ex- exactly, when you need someone to to lead. I mean, as I said to my, like you said, I'm also in touch much more with my mum and my brother. We were in a little WhatsApp group, and I texted them at the beginning of the week, saying, you know, five, six, or even seven children could lose their father if something happens to Boris. Yeah. Because we still don't know how many children he has. We don't know. And he's got another one on the way, of course. And, his, and he's got another one. That is what makes it even more irresponsible. It's like, you know, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't really understand what Boris was thinking when, when he did that. But I, I don't know if he was just sort of, ideologically, he'd taken the position of like, I don't know. Herd immunity. Herd immunity, but... Was it? You know, oh, I don't. I don't get it. I think it's a, maybe a macho thing or a denial thing, a bit like Trump. Um, I shouldn't even get onto that because. No, let's anyway, not, let's not talk about uh, that. Let's not get. Yeah, like he's saying, I don't want to wear a mask, like a sort of spoiled child. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, let's let's. I just it was summed up really well in a tweet by George Mombio, who is a Guardian columnist. He said the worst possible people in charge at the worst possible time, referring to Trump, Bolsonaro, uh, Bojo, etc. Mm-hmm. I think that just sums it up mm-hmm. perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, so. All right, you, you, you get the impression that people um, in your town are not taking, some people are not taking the lockdown no, seriously. I, I'm maybe not being fair because it's really hard to judge when you just look out the window. And I don't know, people seem very chill. And it just is annoying for like, you know, like I say, my partner has not been outside in, in three weeks, four weeks. So when you're taking it really seriously and then you see people just kind of like going for their little jog and... Hmm. I don't know. I, to to I an extent, know. I wonder. I wonder if going out into the street as a general rule is a really bad thing. As long as you, yeah. are, as long as you respect the distancing. So if you do run around uh, the block a few times and you don't actually have any um, interaction with anybody and you keep your distance, um, yeah, you're I mean, probably all right. It's probably not that bad. But yeah, maybe I'm being a bit harsh with people. I don't know. I don't, know. I, I, I don't really know where I stand on it all, really, except that, yeah, I mean, for me personally, I just sort of struggle to to know what to think. And I, I, I just try to keep my 
keep my spirits up and just you know i've just got to the, the main thing for me is like the fir- first and foremost i've just got to try and think what am i going to do with my daughter all morning and, and yeah she's yeah, like you've just got to she's going to wake up in a minute and then what you know <laughs> and then what am i going to do she'll be awake in a minute like literally before just before this call just before we did this she was having a nap and um like my wife came in to take over which which kind of means that I, mm. I was I was lying down normally I lie down with her um so she can begin her nap and then uh-huh. once she's asleep I'll get up and then I can do some stuff I actually do things because I can't really do anything when I'm with her because um it's it's just quite high maintenance you can't just leave her well, on she her is own. too yeah. let's let's be fair you're not like a helicopter parent no you're, no 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 this certainly is a two-year-old Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's so high maintenance yeah. totally high maintenance on a moment minute by minute level it's getting better it's definitely getting better as she's now she's two and a bit it's definitely getting mm. better and we have periods where we do leave her alone in her room at quiet time <laughs> i mean the other mm. day the other day she was having quiet time and i was like on my laptop trying to do some work and i realized it had been a little while and i noticed i hadn't heard her making any noise and it was like hello what's going on and oh. I thought, right, it's time for her nap anyway. So I went towards, there's like our bedroom on, on, on one side and her bedroom next to it. So I went towards mm. our bedroom to kind of make the, get the bed ready because she, she has her nap on our bed. And then I heard her in, the, in her bedroom going, shh, 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 which is this thing that she started doing. Like when right. she doesn't want me to know what she's doing, she shushes me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> It's weird. Okay. So she'll be like, shh, shh, meaning... I don't know. I don't really get that. Maybe she's like shushing herself or I think she means, she means like, don't pay any attention to me. I'm not, I'm not, you know, just she shushes me as if to say, don't look at me. Don't pay any attention to me. Don't listen to me. Never mind. Mm, You know, so she she was shushing me. I was like, why is she shushing me? And I said, why are you shushing me? And I said, anyway, it's time for your nap. I went into her room. She was absolutely covered in uh, pseudocreme, which is a kind of, (laughs) do you know pseudocreme? Um, remind me what it is. It sounds messy. You buy it in England. I don't think you, I don't think you can get it in France. So we, we always no. buy some in England. But it's basically a kind of an all-purpose cream. You use it to deal with uh, sunburn. You use it to deal with nappy rash. <laughs> it's a, basically like a nappy rash cream. It's nice. It's a soothing uh, white cream. And it's not really oily. It, it washes off quite easily. Oh, it must be a bit like liquid paraffin or E45 cream yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. E45 cream. It's a sort of a soothing cream that deals with skin complaints. So it's fairly mm-hmm. harmless stuff. But anyway, she was totally covered in it. <laughs> so it was all over her face. So her face was totally white with this stuff. And it was all caked all over her face and caked in all in her hair as well. And her hands were totally covered in it. And then some of the furniture in her room was covered in it as well. And I was like, what have you done? You know, and um, so, yeah, oh, this just, just goes to show that you do need to, uh, although... You do she, need to supervise them. Yeah, you, the, <laughs> you do need to keep an eye all the time. And sometimes... She wasn't just quietly reading War and Peace in a corner. No, she was investigating the, the little <laughs> pot of pseudochrome that we'd left on, on the side in her bedroom. And she'd like got her hands in it and all over her face. Because normally, you know, we, we rub it into her face or into different parts of her body. So she's like all in her face and all in her hair. So I, that, was a, that was a bit of a, a moment. See, actually, this proves a point that my 
um, boyfriend mentioned. So I was like, oh, isn't it awful for the people who have kids? How are they going to cope? They have to homeschool them and all this. And they're all on top of each other all day long and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And he was like, you know what, woman? It would be cool to have a kid around because they're funny. Like they do funny things and yeah. that would cheer you up. It's you know, so, it's like for me, it's always like a two-sided thing. Like on one, like I said before, on one hand, it's like, you know, I just never get a moment to myself or get a moment to do mm-hmm. my own thing. I mean, thankfully, because my wife and I, as I said, we're kind of like sharing the care with her. So while mm-hmm. one of us is caring for her, the other one gets to do some work. Um, but it's kind of like every every like hour or every minute that you get on your own to do your work is suddenly very precious. And, um, you know, I'd quite happily, like my brother, for example, um, is on his own, which is not great, but also he's got all this time on his hands. And so Mm. I'm like saying to him, what are you doing with your time? He's like, oh, I don't know. I can't, I just can't read any books at the moment. I'm like, oh, I'd love to just be able to spend the day just reading one book all day. That would just be amazing. You know, I kind of like crave that. Um, so, uh, again, I'm keep losing the thread of, of what we're saying. <laughs> um, so basically like having a two year old is quite like, it keeps you really busy having a two year old and having to work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you, yeah. So basically yeah. like, a that's my mental load is, is taken up by that. Um, and I'm not able to kind of like really focus on the, the complicated sort of side of the, the, the moral side of. I haven't worked out basically how where I stand on social mm. distancing, where I stand on the government's position on it, where I stand on herd immunity. I just I just can't seem to get get it together sort of on a moral level. Like herd immunity is on one hand a horrible horrible idea, which is basically the government saying just let everyone get sick. So loads of people, loads of vulnerable people will die. The NHS will be overwhelmed, you know, and but ultimately the the population will develop sort of immunity and long term it'll be it'll be better um mm. so you know i'm just sort of trying to balance the on one hand protecting the economy and which is important because if you let the economy go then lots of people will suffer and die as a result of that it's much harder mm. to measure but it will definitely happen Whereas on the other on 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 the other hand, you've got the sort of short term thing of like we must try to stop people getting this virus because this is going to make people suffer and die, and the and uh, health workers will not be able to cope, and so it's kind of like whatever you do, you're screwed. It, it feels like I don't know. Yeah, there's maybe no... I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong because I haven't thought it through. That's that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, but I wouldn't like. I don't know what to say. I think you have to just focus on getting through each day mm. as best you can. And then if you have got a bit of bandwidth for those issues, why, yeah, why, like, why not? Why not? Maybe I've spent too much time looking at that side of things. I don't really know. But I mean, like, I, I definitely had to take breaks, like the first weekend. I just turned my phone off for two days, yeah. like completely off. Yeah. Um, there's sometimes where it's like too much. Um, anyway, but yeah, we've kind of covered we've ma- that. About we've made that news, point now. We? Yeah. So what, yeah, what, there's what, no point in going round and round. Anyway, yes, 
move on moving let's, on let's move on yeah. should we talk about what our listeners might be doing uh during their their um confinement the, the lockdown yeah exactly this is where we can be useful and this is this helps me deal with my guilt because i've noticed that people really want to learn english they're really looking for things to do so i'm actually quite busy mm. with that mm. and um so we should just roll with that i think i think so what have you um, so what have you been doing then in terms of finding ways to help people improve their English in these conditions? So I had this course up on the Udemy platform, which is an online course platform. And I've had a huge increase in enrollments in that time. And now I have over 21,000 students in the course. I mean, it's a free course, but yeah. So I went from like a few thousand to huge increases in March. Like one day I got like 9,000 students in a day. And I was just like, what the hell is this? Like, because I'd seen I'd got 700 in a day and I was like, oh, did they add an extra zero or something? Or is this the right <laughs> there information? Been, there must have been some sort of yeah. administ- administrative error. Uh, yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, is this for me? I mean, it had a few thousand people on it, which is quite good, but it'd been like a slow burner. And um, and then all of a sudden I got loads of enrollments. And uh, it's great because I don't have to do any work because I did the work already. Mm. Uh, when I created it, although I am doing a live class for the Udemy people next week. So wait a minute, just, um, just tell us about the Udemy course then um, and how people can find it. It's a free course. Yeah, so it's got a really long title. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Improve Your English Listening Skills with Movie Quotes. Improve Your so, English Listening Skills with Movie Quotes. And it does exactly what it says on the tin. Okay. You improve your English listening skills with movie quotes, literally. That sounds, um, that sounds great. Oh, it is. <laughs> well, it is. You should see the reviews. <laughs> you should see. I'm getting more one star reviews now that it's got like twenty thousand. I had a bit of a panic about that, and then I just like calmed down because I'm like the reviews are overwhelmingly positive, and there yeah. seem to be some people who just go around Udemy courses leaving one star reviews with no comment just for their own pleasure or you, something. You never know. Some of those one star reviews with no comment, you just kind of think, is this just is this just people trying to um, bring down the Udemy platform? You know, anyway. Yeah, I, I, I try and, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like, okay, I've only got so much energy. I'm, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm just going to be glad that people are enrolling in it and they want to do it and it's helping them and that's all good. But, but yeah. overall, very positive reviews. Okay, so uh, learning how to learn. No, uh, say it again. Oh, Jesus, Luke, right. Improve your English listening skills with movie quotes. Yeah, I knew the rest of it. I just didn't know what the first word was. It is very <laughs> long. Improve your English listening skills with movie quotes. Okay. on Is it udemy.com? Yeah, so Udemy is spelled, I used to pronounce it wrong, but it's spelled U D E M. <laughs> is there an E before the Y? I don't remember. <laughs> it's your turn now. It's your turn to oh, sound, sound, sound like you, you're, no, you're right, Udemy.com. So U D E M Y.com. There we go. U D E M Y.com. Okay. And it's how to learn, oh, God. Improve, no! your English, improve your English listening skills with uh, movie quotes. Yay, well done. Okay, well, I'm just searching so, for it now. Um, okay, yeah, do that. And th- so I've done that and I've created a little pop-up community for my newsletter subscribers mm-hmm. uh, on a messaging app. And what we're doing is we've tr- done this twice now. We're basically having like watch parties. So the concept is, and you can do this with your real friends at home, um, you all agree to like watch 
the same thing at the same time in your house Mm. and then you text each other about it so like um we've done it with movies so if you go to the website this is a really good resource openculture.com hang on let me just yeah open openculture all one word.com they have free movies online that you can stream like so it's not illegal downloading it's like stuff that's just free anyway and they have other things they have like um audiobooks and stuff like this ebooks um but yeah they have 1150 free movies online wow that's brilliant what we're doing with my group is we choose a movie we all watch it like we choose a time we all start streaming the movie at the same time on our devices and where we are. And then we text each other about the movie in the group. Wow. That's really cool. So that's, that's the concept. And it was really fun. So like, uh, it's a total experiment. I was just like, we're just experimenting and it's a small group, so it's fine. So last week we watched like a full length Cary Grant movie. Right. And yeah. that was really exhausting, like an hour and a half. And they kept texting me questions about the movie and about the vocabulary and stuff. It was quite stressful. So I was like, right, we're going to change tack. We're going to do something a bit different. So today we did a short movie, a Wes Anderson short movie, really good, Mm. eight minutes long. So we watched the movie together and then we texted each other. And that took about half an hour altogether, which was really good. And then we went off for lunch, like, you know, obviously separately. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's great. So that's fun. That's a fun thing to do. So you could even do that with like your family or something. And I guess a lot of people will be just basically, you know, on Netflix, just um, thinking, right, where do I start? What shall I watch? Um, Yeah. And we've talked about Netflix before. We uh, did an episode about that. It was episode 523, which was called Tips for Learning English with Films and TV Shows with Cara Leopold. Yeah. Well, I suppose everything but that I probably all the wisdom and insight that I gave in that episode, like it still kind of applies in the current situation. Mm-hmm. Um, what could I add? So well, you can make you well, can make the experience more more communal because I think we all need connection right now by creating watch parties and stuff with your friends. That can be a good laugh. And you can also like look for maybe groups online where people are discussing whatever you're watching, maybe on Facebook to try and make it more um more of a connection thing yeah and you know something you can do so a lot of students kind of resist this like my own students have said to me like oh I like your courses but they're really hard and the dictations are hard and I'm kind of like well that's how you improve you have to work on things that are hard if I only give you easy stuff you'd be like this is a waste of time Mm. so um but what I think is good about anything like that is it's very like mentally engaging and challenging so it will like take your mind off other stuff right now so yeah I think like if you're kind of watching something and then maybe you go back and you work on a specific scene or you find a clip online to work on something really short then you can go in and like do a dictation so just listen to a few seconds that were difficult write what you hear and then check with the subtitles like that is something that you have to be a hundred percent present and concentrated on that. Mm-hmm. So that stops your brain going off into an anxiety spiral, thinking about all the awful stuff happening right now. I could be quite nice, you know, so it's hard, but at least like it diverts all your attention and energy, <laughs> you know, true. and you improve your listening skills. So I was going to say, yeah. I, I, um, I could put it into two categories. There's the, the kind of on one side just um 
sit back and Netflix and chill and just watch yes. like some show and maybe we can give some um um uh, recommendations of things that people can just watch and they just sit back and it's not necessarily oh, yeah. gonna, it's not going it, to it's it's healthy for your english to just watch and get addicted and binge watch uh, shows it is good oh, for yeah, your english yeah, definitely because sure. you've got to get all that exposure in there it's healthy it's immersion look, it's it, immersion yeah immersion and we know that this is important but on the other hand also if you really want to uh work intensively on your english and really sort of um uh, double down on on improving your English and do it more quickly. Then you've got to yeah be prepared to uh, work hard on it and use techniques that you've talked about before. You talked about them in episode five hundred and twenty three. You know, as you said, mm. like transcribing or uh, repetition, working on a certain scene again and again and again. Mm. And people can. I mean, I'll probably share a summary of the points that was that were made in that episode at the end that of this conversation. Amazing. Yeah, I'll probably I'll probably share yeah. that again. But um, so, um, yeah. So going back to the the first uh, category, then just sort of Netflix and chill, which is actually it is actually a phrase which kind of means something else, doesn't it? So I don't know why I'm using that it, one, but Netflix it, and it, chill. It does, yeah. Netflix and chill just basically means put on Netflix and then probably have sex with uh, with someone, right? Isn't that what Netflix and chill mean? I mean, I'm I'm forty how... I'm I'm forty two years old, so you know I'm probably too old. But oh, I don't. Well, I'm thirty four. I'm not especially, you know. I'm down. down with the kids or anything. Yeah, it's not really of my um, generation. Saying Netflix and chill is not really of my generation. Is my yeah, point. I'm 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 even on the borderline of that sounding mm. really like what's that old woman saying Netflix and chill for? Um, yeah, you're the same age as my partner. He's uh, 42. Oh, Is really? 40, um, when were you born? 78? 77. Okay, no, my partner's not 42 yet. <laughs> he he will be at the end. He will be in October. There you go. Okay, so um, Netflix and chill something. This is according to the Urban Dictionary, which is not reliable. Um, but the top definition of Netflix and chill on the Urban Dictionary is something you t- tell your parents when you want your boyfriend or girlfriend to come over and have sex with you. For example, girlfriend, hey, mum, my boyfriend's coming over to watch Netflix and chill. And mum goes, okay, sweetie, have lots of fun. Uh, and what it actually means is that they're going to have sex. Maybe I can find a better definition. Netflix and chill on Wikipedia. It's actually, a, there's a whole Wikipedia page devoted to this phrase. Netflix and chill is an internet slang term used as a euphemism for sexual activity, either as part of a romantic partnership or as casual, casual sex so basically, if you say Netflix and chill, it just means come over uh, and uh, watch Netflix, but also, uh, you know, maybe um, have sex. So anyway, yeah. so I say Not Netflix. Yeah, I say Netflix and chill um, with a certain level of irony attached to it. But also, I mean, sit back and watch Netflix and just, you know, binge watch some TV shows without necessarily worrying about the whole studying point of view. So if people, yeah, if people want to do that, Shall we suggest a few things now? Um, so I would, but I, um, but I don't actually have it. Um, okay. Uh, so we, yeah, we won't go into um, how I access my viewing things for my viewing pleasure. But I, um, I, I do have Canon Plus, and I don't know if there are some of the same things on both 
platforms but um a series i really like i don't know if it's on can you could you put it in the search bar see if you can find yeah, it is yeah. better better things better things by with pamela adlon in it really good series uh no not not where i am so i'm i'm accessing netflix obviously from france i don't use a vpn oh so they don't have any everything they have a lot of stuff but not everything mm. yeah Mm-hmm. okay that's kind of one of the reasons why we don't have it because there's stuff that will come out in the u.s and you're like oh that looks really cool and then like on the french version it's like nah you don't get that what okay. what, what i can suggest to people though is is simply this just um i mean people listen to my podcast because they are into british english and normally they mm-hmm. want recommendations for british stuff um just go into netflix if you've got it and just type british into the search mm-hmm. bar and then you will get loads and loads of options you get british movies british tv shows british tv comedies british tv uh british crime tv dramas british detective tv shows and more and basically i reckon if it's on netflix it's probably good it's probably going to be a certain level of quality and they don't they they generally filter out the total shite don't they on Netflix. Okay. I, I would like to think so. And, and you know what? If you are not enjoying it, you totally have permission to quit yeah. and move on to something else. Yeah, exactly. So there's stuff so, like when I just type in British and I'm, I've not even selected British movies or TV shows or anything. I've just got some of these things. So one of them is Secrets of Great British Castles, which looks <laughs> freaking brilliant. I mean, again, what I'm doing here is that this is torture for me because I would happily spend my days watching all episodes of The Secrets of Great British Castles. Oh, uh, God, you big nerd. But I can't. I'd love to watch that. It's like basically a guy, a historian, a modern sort of one of these modern historians who's sort of young and likes to tell stories of uh, battles and stuff. He goes around the country visiting some of the country's best castles, telling stories about what happened. And the, uh, yeah, that's fucking brilliant. I love that sort of stuff. Like this is, there was a big army of people camped outside this castle for three days and they were uh, trying to get in, but then they, you know, all that sort of stuff. So there's the secrets of great British castles. There's um, Dr. Foster, uh, which oh, I've, oh, okay, I've, I think I've, I've. I've no idea what that's like, but it's got uh, the girl from Killing Eve in it. Oh, the girl okay. who plays Villanelle in Killing Eve, and she is brilliant. And I think it would okay. be worth watching it just for her. Uh, she is absolutely fantastic. Another one is a show called Man Down, which has got Greg Davies in it. That sounds familiar for some reason. Greg, I don't know why. Greg Davies and and. The, the the tags for Man Down on Netflix are absurd, comedy, and British. I mean, sounds perfect. Oh, that sounds perfect. Yeah. And, oh, my God. And it's got One, Greg, two, three drinks. And it's got Greg Davies in it, and he's he's hilarious. Also, there are loads of um, stand-up comedy specials, um, too, on Netflix. Oh, good. Oh, great. Well, you've got everything you need. Can I just be like a listening nerd for, nerd for two seconds yeah. and just say, the only issue with something like, what was it? The, this is where I'm going to forget the title. The Secrets of Great British Castles or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, just like that's going to be a documentary, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So we like, obviously you can just watch whatever you want for fun. Like nobody's going to judge. 
But if you want to understand like native speakers when they talk fast to each other, right. then a documentary is not the best thing. But then if like you want vocabulary to talk about castles because <laughs> you like talking about that, like, yeah. you know, go, go for it. But like know that documentary language is, is, is not the same as conversational language, you know. Whereas something yeah. like Man Down with Greg Davies is probably more... Uh, appropriate because it's more conversational dialogue we're, and stuff we're probably getting closer to yeah like a, yeah a conversation uh, you know yeah dialogue exactly whereas a documentary is usually monologue unless they maybe interview people but even then it's not really like a yeah mm, anyway mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i just wanted to make that point no it's, but... a, it's a good point that uh, uh, the best stuff is um not even scripted dialogue but actual authentic um uh, unscripted spontaneous speech between people is actually the best stuff that people should be listening to um yeah but ultimately the main thing is that listening to something is better than listening to nothing and if you want to watch the secrets of the great british castles then <gasps> do that rather than do nothing um and they've got other stuff they've got like top gear if i mean a lot of people like oh. it a lot of you don't but a, a lot of people do and it is there uh, after life the ricky gervais uh, tv show the it crowd mm-hmm. um oh i love the it crowd um there's there's a lot of stuff like that uh the crown um is there true grit i didn't realize that was on there true grit is the coen brothers film the western oh uh, yeah i don't think i've ever seen it but i do like coen brothers movies so i'm sure it's good it's great but actually from a learning english point of view it might not be a good idea because it's got um uh jeff bridges speaking in a fairly unintelligible accent you got jeff bridges kind of speaking like this all the time you know and so uh, yeah unlikely to be on un- i mean i couldn't understand anything he said uh while watching it so i imagine our, our learners of english probably would struggle with it but anyway it's a good film but there's loads of stuff you want a challenge you know? yeah yeah if you if if you want to learn how they spoke in the wild west in the 19th century then go for it <laughs> It's the movie for you. <laughs> uh. um, right. I think we better we better uh, call it a day before this episode becomes really uh, long. Really I, long. I I'm actually that. very hot in my cupboard and I think I'm running out of air. So, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Yes, please, please, please do uh, oxygenate yourself <laughs> at all times. Um, okay. Well, Cara, thank you very much for talking to me. Um and uh good luck over there and stay stay well look after yourself take care and all that thanks you too thank you for finding time in the day where you're trying to work and look after a two-year-old and just keep keep things ticking over it's not easy so yeah um, no, it's yeah okay. it's been good yeah 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 good to speak to you and well i guess people could check out um improve your listening skills with movie English. quotes improve your english listening skills with movie quotes on udemy.com they could have a look at that could be one exactly. of the things they could do okay nice one well have a have a nice uh, evening and have a lovely easter weekend oh yes of course thank you you too okay all right Soon. bye for now bye. Okay, so thanks again to Kara for climbing inside a cupboard 
and staying there for the duration of our conversation in a bid to improve the sound quality on her side of this chat. Uh, nice one, Cara. Thank you for doing that. As ever, uh, listeners, you can leave your comments on the website. I'm curious where you stand on all of this. I mentioned before that I would sum up the main points that Cara and I made in episode 523 about using TV and films for learning English with and without subtitles. And I've decided to put all of that advice into a separate episode because I think that rather than kind of tacking it all on to the end of this conversation, it deserves to have a whole episode of its own. Plus, there will be people out there who would appreciate having all of the advice in one single episode. So, That will be the next episode of the podcast, a summary of advice for using Netflix and in fact other platforms for improving your English, plus some more specific recommendations for shows and films that you can watch. By the way, don't forget Cara's free course on udemy.com called Improve Your English Listening Skills with Movie Quotes is available. It's completely free. Udemy.com Uh, and then just search for improve your English skills with movie quotes or you can find the link on the page for this episode of course all right now before we end let me just kind of add a few other little bits and pieces at the end here so an upcoming episode not the next one probably the one after that or at least an episode coming soon I recorded it also yesterday um uh so long-term listeners will remember that I have a cousin uh, called Ollie. In fact, I've got three cousins, but um, I've spoken to Ollie on the podcast lots of times. He used to be on the podcast quite a lot uh, until he moved to Bristol. So this is for the long, long-term listeners who've been listening for, for years. Do you remember my cousin Ollie? So he used to be on the podcast quite a lot until he moved to Bristol and I moved to France and we didn't get the chance to see each other very often. Well, now he works for Netflix as a producer at their offices in Los Angeles. And now, I keep talking about Netflix, but I swear I am not sponsored by Netflix, unfortunately. Um, But uh, Ollie moved to uh, California a couple of years ago when he was offered a job at Netflix and he accepted it. And I recorded a conversation with him the other day about moving to America and what it's like working for Netflix. Yeah, being a British person living in America and uh, working for a company like Netflix. So that episode is coming soon. Again, I'm not promoting Netflix. They don't need me to do that. But anyway, it was a good conversation that covers details of his work and the communication and cultural differences between the UK and USA. That's coming soon. If you enjoyed listening to this conversation with Cara about her experience of being on lockdown and stuff, if you enjoyed listening to that, And in fact, if you enjoy hearing about other people's experiences of living in lockdown in different countries, then I would like to recommend that you listen to several recent episodes of Zdenek's English podcast. You know Zdenek Lukas. He's a a, a English teacher from the Czech Republic. I I interviewed him on the podcast last year. He does his own podcast. It's called Zdenek's English podcast. So he did He recently did three episodes of his podcast, which feature mini interviews with people in different countries. And it's great because he's he spoke to people in countries all around the world, all about their experiences of living in lockdown and, you know, what's going on in their countries. And I really recommend them. They're very interesting. He also interviewed me in episode two and we 
had a kind of similar conversation to the one that I had with Kara here, but obviously I do talk about other things and there's other stuff that you can hear. But anyway, I recommend all three episodes where you can hear people's accounts from different countries. It's very interesting and it kind of gives you a nice sense of what's going on around the world. Nice? Is that the right word? I don't know. Anyway, you'll find links on the page for this episode, for those episodes of Zdenix English Podcast, or you can just subscribe to Zdenix English Podcast. That's spelled Z-D-E-N-E-K apostrophe S English Podcast. Just subscribe to that wherever you get your podcasts and that's how you can listen to it. Some of you, no doubt, will be wondering when another episode of the Rick Thompson report will arrive um, soon, I think. I've been talking to my dad regularly, but to be honest, we've just been focusing on normal family time stuff, just talking, you know, just as a family and spending our time just doing that. So we haven't really considered the idea of like recording a you know a conversation for the podcast and he was on the podcast recently but anyway i think he will be back soon to talk about uh, what's been going on in uh, his inimitable fashion his clear and concise way so there will be a rick thompson report coming soon as usual um okay right well anyway that's it then thank you so much for listening to this do leave your comments on the website the next episode, as I said, will be about uh, will be a summary of advice about learning English um, with TV shows and films and stuff. Okay, so you can look forward to that one fairly soon. But for now, it's just time to well wish you all the very best. I hope you're basically doing okay, and I'll speak to you again soon. But for now, goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.